0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome in to Locked on balls your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. This will be a busy one with some Tennessee football in the first segment. There's good news with Tennessee football to begin today's show. I'll get to that coming up in a moment. After that, Blake Lovell of Blue Ribbon Yearbook is going to stop by and we will talk Tennessee basketball, SEC basketball. Tennessee will be in action tonight against Vanderbilt. It's going to be a 7 o'clock tip-off. At 9 o'clock, there's an interesting game to pay attention to in the conference. Alabama and Kentucky are going to play. Both of those teams are unbeaten in SEC play. Kentucky had an awful non-conference run, but coming off a win against Florida, the Wildcats look like maybe they're getting some things figured out. That's something to pay attention to because obviously Tennessee has the goal of winning the SEC, and those could be two teams Tennessee is trying to beat out for that spot. Alabama's already beaten Tennessee, a couple weeks ago when Alabama came to Knoxville and got the win. So we'll get to that on Locked On Vols here today. Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball, and then you will hear from Rick Barnes in the final segment of today's show ahead of the Vanderbilt game coming up tonight. That's coming up right here on Locked On Vols, which is here five days a week covering what's going on with Tennessee. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I mentioned that I was going to begin with some good news. With Tennessee football as it seems like every football conversation has just been okay what's the status of the program what is Jeremy Pruitt's future what's going on with the coaching staff who's leaving all of that and, and that's still a topic there might be an update with the coaching staff on the defensive side I'll get to that in a moment but the good news to begin with is that Matthew Butler announced he's coming back for another season at Tennessee. He was one of Tennessee's top defensive linemen this past fall. He's been, I think, one of Tennessee's more important leaders, especially over the last season or two, as he his role has increased and he's probably become more comfortable on the field and as a voice in the locker room. But because the NCAA has granted extra eligibility, Butler has a chance to come back for another season, and he has accepted that offer. So Butler coming back provides good depth for Tennessee's defensive line. He is a player that has been productive and should be a good player on the field for Tennessee next year, and there are other defensive linemen to ask about. What is going to be the status of Latrell Bumpus, Aubrey Solomon? That has not been officially made known to this point. But Matthew Butler made an announcement, and I'll let you hear what he had to say. Listen to this. This will show you, I think, kind of the mindset of Butler, who's a good player, but also a good leader and a good representative for Tennessee. This was the video that Tennessee put out with Matthew Butler announcing he's returning for a fifth season at Tennessee.
2: Since the season's end, I've had the opportunity to pray, meditate, and reflect on my time here at the University of Tennessee. I've had a wonderful experience off the field, making connections with my peers, excelling in the classroom, pouring into the Knoxville community, and traveling to Rwanda in one of the best experiences of my life. On the field, I came in as an eager freshman, finding my way. As a sophomore, I had to adhere to a new standard of football. As a junior and senior, I started to become the player that I knew I could be. When you add COVID-19, the events of the world as of late, and the personal ups and downs, I've had a wild ride. God has been good to me nonetheless, and all the glory goes to him. With that being said, I'm excited to announce that I'll be returning to the University of Tennessee for my final year of eligibility. Thank you, and go Vols. So Tennessee
1: gets Matthew Butler back to play on the defensive line for another season. That is good news for Tennessee. Of course, when I tweeted that news out, I had a reply very quickly saying, well, none of this really is any good for Tennessee if Jeremy Pruitt's still coaching Tennessee. I get it. Fans are frustrated, and some fans probably had that reaction. Others are thinking, hey, good personnel. And Tennessee's had good news here in the last week. Not all of the news or conversation has been positive. Uh, How could it be considering the circumstance? But Hendon Hooker transferring to Tennessee – That's good news for Tennessee's offense to have him at the quarterback position. Having Matthew Butler come back to Tennessee, I think that's obviously good news for Tennessee. And then you had Cade Mays announce he's returning to play on the offensive line. Valus Jones is coming back to play at wide receiver. And these guys I'm talking about, they still need to be better. They need to improve. But with a full offseason, a more normal off-season, I don't know that it's gonna be normal, but more so than last year, hopefully, they will have a chance to improve, and that should help Tennessee's football team no matter who the coach is, no matter what the coaching staff looks like. And that is a question: what is Tennessee's defensive staff gonna look like? Tennessee still needs to make a hire with the defensive line coach. And there was word on Monday, Goval's 247 and Volquest both had reports that Tennessee's having conversations with Kevin still. What exactly does that mean? Let's see. Perhaps there will be an update there by the time you listen to this. Of course, there was the report last week from ESPN that right now, Tennessee is not allowing Jeremy Pruitt to hire coaches. Will there be an agreement in place? Could we see a hire made? And maybe Tennessee is allowing Jeremy Pruitt to go hire a coach. If so, does that tell us something about Jeremy Pruitt's future? If so, then Tennessee, I think, still needs to say something if a decision is made so we're waiting to see but kevin still the former defensive coordinator at auburn a guy that was considered for the head coaching position before philip fulmer hired jeremy pruitt could potentially join tennessee staff that's something to pay attention to something else to pay attention to if that were to happen would be players who are considering transferring from auburn if kevin still were to coach at tennessee Could there be some defensive players from Auburn who would give a closer look to Tennessee because of their connection, their relationship with Kevin Still? Again, that's if he does join Tennessee's coaching staff. There are a lot of questions to be asked right now, and the transfer market is something that Tennessee is looking at closely because they need help. Tennessee needs more help in the secondary. I think on the defensive side, they could use help at every position. It would help to know exactly what the coaching staff is going to be, and a number of coaches on Tennessee staff on each side of the ball still need to have their their future determined, and that doesn't even include the conversation around Jeremy Pruitt. But It's a big unknown, obviously, but I think a lot of schools are dealing with this, maybe not as much as Tennessee, but a lot of schools are trying to figure out, okay, what are our numbers? What can we do to finish out the 2021 recruiting class? And how much space do we have available to go out and find transfers? Now, players who are in the transfer portal, some are going to have a lot of opportunities. Some may not. I I think some players might have to decide, okay, is it worth it? Should I look elsewhere? Or am I better off staying where I am knowing I have a scholarship? Not every recruit, not every player that goes into the transfer market is going to have the same opportunity. So that's something to pay attention to. What kind of availability there is? How much space Tennessee has? how Tennessee can fit needs because Tennessee might need some offensive line help. As I mentioned, I think Tennessee needs help on the defensive side. There was a wide receiver last week, a little more than a week ago, who said he had an offer from Tennessee. I'm not sure wide receiver is the biggest need for Tennessee, but Tennessee needs help at pretty much every position, and I would expect that Tennessee's coaches are looking at every option that might be out there that might be worth pursuing. So we continue to wait to see exactly what Jeremy Pruitt's status is, but there are updates on what's going on behind the scenes, and there's a good one to begin today's show. Matthew Butler is coming back to Tennessee for another season. I'll come back here on Locked on Vols and talk to Blake Lovell of Blue Ribbon Yearbook about how last week went for Tennessee and his thoughts on Tennessee's top competition for the SEC Championship just a couple of weeks into SEC play. That's coming up next before Rick Barnes talks about Tennessee's opponent, Vanderbilt, in the final segment of today's show. Right here on Locked On Vols, it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and it's presented by betonline.ag, which always has betting opportunities for you. If you are looking to bet on basketball, college, and the NBA are going on every day, remember to check out Locked On Bets. They will help you with those bets that you might be considering. At betonline.ag, you can find point spreads, you can find future odds, You can find betting opportunities with just about every sport. At betonline.ag, they give you the opportunity, if you've been sitting on the sidelines, to jump into the game and get in on the action. And you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. When you do, make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus go to betonline.ag if you've been watching the games and you think i've got an opinion on this game i think i know what's going to happen in that game go prove it at betonline.ag and when you sign up remember to use promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts
0: it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles
1: I want to welcome to the show Blake Lovell from Blue Ribbon Yearbook, uh, keeping us up to date on what's going on in the SEC and in college basketball. And Blake, I appreciate the time as always. Uh, I want to start with just your updated thoughts on Tennessee, which needed to come back in the second half, but did against Arkansas last week and then took it, um, you know, just took care of business against Texas A&M. Now Vanderbilt twice this upcoming week because of schedule changes, but updated thoughts on Tennessee, which you saw last week.
3: Yeah, I think, Josh, they're still – I mean, I just kind of repeat it, but you know, they're still one of the best defensive teams in the country, and I think we see that when they want to be. Um, they they are just really hard to score on, and I think we certainly saw that against Texas A&M. Um, you know, for them to, to come back with it against Arkansas, I just think it's going to be really hard, as I've said many times, for teams to consistently score on them uh, unless you just have some guys on offense or you have something – some type of offensive approach that that is able to kind of counteract some of the things that this team can do given their size, their athleticism, their depth, um, just all those different things. I mean, having guys like Pons and Fulkerson, and just, I think there's so many different areas where they can excel on defense. The offense still has some work. Uh, I don't think that's anything unusual with a team like this really. Uh, I think we kind of thought that going into the season, that their offense could be something that could be a work in progress. I still think it is a little bit, uh, but I think you'll see, You know, them start to make some strides there and they'll have to because, you know, after this stretch against Vanderbilt here, uh, the schedule starts to get a little bit tougher in terms of uh, some of those matchups they're going to have, you know, with the likes of I know they've already beaten Missouri, but I think that rematch may be a little difficult. You've got Kansas, of course. Then you start playing Kentucky, Florida, LSU, going down the line there. Um, So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle uh, these upcoming next month and a half or so.
1: Yeah, I know you mentioned there uh, right off the bat that a little repetitive, saying, yeah, they're really good on defense. But everything you just said I think is worth – uh, a reminder maybe every week i think i bring it up probably on every episode that <laughs> hey, they're not supposed to be at their best here in early to mid january no no coach wants their team to be you want to peak obviously when it's tournament time but this is a, a lot of teams are still trying to figure out what they are and, and how they can improve right
3: yeah and i think even more so in a year like this because i think we have to remember that we're almost setting things back a month or so mm-hmm. because there was virtually not much of an off season right and so we're we're usually we're saying hey teams start to peak maybe mid-January, early February. Well, now it's almost like, well, maybe teams start to peak in late February or early March even uh, because, you know, the, the schedule is so much different. And, and for Tennessee especially, for a team like that, didn't start until, you know, the 8th of December. So uh, I think that you have to keep that in mind, This you know, when you're looking at teams like that too and how they improve throughout a season. This is almost like we're still in non-conference play for a team like Tennessee just because of the number of games that they played – and you feel like their season maybe really doesn't even get going uh, for another week or two. So I think that's how you have to look at a season like this. And like you said, especially given the circumstances of the offseason, I think that even more so just just makes it obvious that some of these teams are just going to take a little while to get going in certain
1: areas. But certainly the defense has been there uh, for sure. So that's been a positive. Are we seeing Kentucky get going? And I asked that ahead of Kentucky, Alabama, which is a really interesting matchup for Tuesday night. But What do you think with Kentucky unbeaten still in the SEC and coming off that win against Florida?
3: Well, look, I mean, I said with Kentucky, their defense, it's not going anywhere, and that's what's going to keep them in games. And sure enough, I mean, that's the way they played to this point. I mean, they held Florida to 58 points on the road. Um, You know, the way they won those two games, I think against Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, two teams who will probably finish in the bottom four would be my guess. But still, I think it's the way they won those games. They got a little bit more confidence each time and then, you know, to take it to Florida the way they did, I'm very curious to see how they match up against a team like Alabama, who, you know, of course right now is the best team in the SEC standings-wise, that can really score at a high level in a hurry. And I wonder, you know, with Kentucky's offense, is it to that point now to where their defense can can raise them to a level to where they can stop a team like Alabama, knowing that they've still got a lot of work to do on offense as well? Uh, I'm very curious to see how that game goes, but – Let's be real here. If Kentucky beats Alabama, if you look at their schedule after that, two straight road games at Auburn at Georgia, Auburn obviously a different team with Sharif Cooper now. Uh, so that will not be easy by any means, but you figure Kentucky will be the favorite of Georgia. Could we be looking up and seeing Kentucky at 6-0 and here, despite the fact that they started their season 1-6? and six? It's certainly a possibility, but I also think Josh is talked about before it's a necessity because kentucky has no non-conference resume to speak of uh, so wins over mississippi state and vanderbilt aren't going to really get you anywhere but beating alabama you know beating tennessee lsu teams like that of course they get they get texas in the sec big 12 challenge too so that's another important game on their schedule kentucky's sec slate at least shapes up to give them enough opportunities to get back in the mix certainly starting 3 and 0 does as well.
1: Obviously head to head you want to beat Kentucky, but should should other teams in the SEC should they be pulling for Kentucky to continue to improve because that helps the strength of the SEC? What do you think there?
3: Yeah, you would think so because I think overall whether, you know, you you grade this on being an outlier or not the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee, they're still going to be looking at Kentucky. Like, they're still going to, if unless Kentucky comes out and, you know, loses eight in a row here or something, if Kentucky finishes near that top of the SEC, they're going to get serious consideration because, like it or not, uh they can say there's no bias and all this other stuff, but Kentucky's going to be looked at a little bit differently. And mm-hmm. I think they always will be. Um, you know, whether anyone will ever admit that or not, they won't, but they're going to be. And I think that's something where, you know, if Kentucky's right up there, that all of a sudden gets back into that territory of because right now, you know, if you look around, you're looking for those big, huge wins in the SEC. You know, when you have teams like Florida who lose some of these games, you know Arkansas, uh, Missouri started one and two. Those great resume wins start to go backwards, and you don't really see a whole lot of those on the resume except for right now. I mean, to me, I think Tennessee and Alabama are probably the two best wins you could get on your resume if you're an SEC team right now. Maybe throw LSU in there, although they're still not overly impressive to this point in terms of just their resume. Um, so you want to try to find some opportunities uh, to get those, and certainly a strong Kentucky uh, would give you an opportunity for that.
1: Yep, I agree. Uh, what is going on at Blue Ribbon Yearbook as we move along and uh, hit the pause button in a few spots, I know, but with uh, the SEC and college basketball seasons?
3: Yeah, still trying to keep up uh, with everything. Uh, I think right now, just, uh, you know, as you said, we got a lot of great basketball being played uh, around the country, and uh, it's very interesting to see kind of how some of these teams are developing like we talked about with Tennessee and Kentucky. But uh, you can check out still the Blue Ribbon Yearbook.com. Check out the Blue Ribbon Yearbook. Uh, You can use it. Throughout the season, just a great guide, great resource uh, to keep you up to date and really just you know look at the ins and outs of some of these teams because uh, the personnel, it's all in there, uh, great stuff from coaches, so uh, still something that's really relevant even with the season going on. And then, of course, our Blue Ribbon report, uh, blueribbon.substack.com, weekly coverage over there of all kinds of stories and
1: profiles and a look at a lot of different things going on around college basketball. Go check that out from Blue Ribbon Yearbook. Uh, Blake, by the way, do you know who's going to be Tennessee's head football coach in 2021? Is it going to be Jeremy Prude? Is it going to be somebody (laughs) else? Any idea?
3: Oh, boy. I tell you, Josh, being in Nashville and uh, just uh, having to go through the Vanderbilt coaching search and uh, all the craziness around that, I can only imagine kind of being in your spot right now trying to figure out uh, everything going on
1: with uh, another potential coaching search there. So yeah. It's luck, almost like friend. it's back to normal, uh, if anything. So we'll yes. uh, we'll, we'll continue <laughs> monitoring. Hey, Blake, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. Thanks, Josh. Blake Lovell of Blue Ribbon Yearbook. I'll come back with more Tennessee basketball conversation. You're going to hear from Rick Barnes talking about what he's looking for from his team after a game. How did his team play, what he looks for in the box score, as well as talking about Vanderbilt, Tennessee's opponent, coming up tonight. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Vols as today's show is presented by rockauto.com. It's a really cool website. If you're looking for a part, if you're looking for something for your vehicle, rockauto.com is a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online For 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, which is really important. With all the different options they have, that gives you a chance to save money. You can look through their unique catalog, which is very easy to navigate, and you can see all the parts that are available for your vehicle, and then you choose the brand, specification, and price you prefer. Their goal is to help you save money while still being able to help you Get whatever done you need with your vehicle. So, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. When you stop by the website, make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles,
1: On Monday's show after Tennessee beat Texas A&M on Saturday, I talked about the stat that Tennessee had 23 assists on 27 made shots. I thought that was a big deal. This is a basketball team that has a number of guys that can score, but I think they're going to be at their best when they're moving the basketball because Tennessee also has a number of players that can handle the ball and then I think ultimately make plays for their teammates. They also have guys like Jaden Springer, who was helping distribute the basketball, but he can score. He was in the starting lineup on Saturday, and he's only going to get better as the season goes along. And Keon Johnson, I think, is going to have a chance to make more plays. But after I talked about that stat, Jimmy Himes on Monday during Rick Barnes' press conference asked a question that always interests me. What do coaches look at when they look at the box score, look at the stat sheet after a game? Listen to what Rick Barnes said. First joking here, but then talking about what he looks for to see maybe how his team played final score.
4: Well, (laughs) Other than that, uh, the, uh, you know, it, it depends. I'm big on assist turnover ratio, obviously big on field goal percentage, but probably the first thing I look at would probably be individual, individual guys on our team and maybe individual guys on the other team to see if we've done the things that we talked about some of those type things. But, uh, I I think it varies, Jimmy, based on where my mind is at that time. you you got a thousand things, thoughts going through your mind, depending on how the game ended, you know, this, that. Uh, Rebounds, especially with this team, because that's somewhere we know we need to get better. We we need to improve. And I think stats early in the year can be misleading because until you really start playing over a long period of time, and obviously early in the year you're playing against competition, even though this year I didn't think we played against the – Teams that you know, we our normal normal buy games, where you'd expect to do some things that show up statistically, probably for, for the good for you and your team. But now, as you get into conference play and you start breaking down non-league conference games, then you start getting real feel for where you really are as a rebounding team or an assist turnover team. But so much of it again, it depends on players too. I, it's after a game, I I can't even tell you how many different thoughts are going through my mind. You know, when I when I'm walking off the court, but and sometimes uh, I don't just pick it up right away until I'm getting ready to maybe go get ready to talk with Bob and Bert and just look at some things and have some thoughts in my head. So the things I'm really thinking, I don't put out there.
1: Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes. And Tennessee is still trying to work on what it is as a team. As Blake and I discussed earlier, everybody's trying to figure out what they're going to be. We do know Tennessee is one of the best teams in the SEC, and I'm sure it will play out that way as this season goes along. We also know going in, that Vanderbilt has been one of the worst teams in the SEC. I think it's probably going to be the worst team in the conference this season. Ken Palm ranks Vanderbilt as the 137th best team in the SEC. Vandy is 0-3 in the conference with losses to Florida, Kentucky, and Mississippi State. The Kentucky and Mississippi State games are both close, but still losses for Vanderbilt. This is the first of two games between the two teams this week. Tennessee will play at Vanderbilt tonight. It's going to be a 7 o'clock game between Tennessee and Vanderbilt. And you can watch the game on ESPN, two. And then Tennessee will host Vandy on Saturday. Here's what Rick Barnes said on Monday about Vanderbilt and what coach Jerry Stackhouse has done with the Commodores.
4: I think Jerry Stackhouse has done a really good job. You know, he, he's overhauled the team in terms of what he had a year ago. Run a lot of different things, uh, and you would expect that. He, you know, he played for one of the greatest coaches in college basketball, came out of a great he grew up in a great sports town, too, in Kenston, North Carolina. My my college coach actually is from Kenston, and I always kid Jerry about him being the best player out of Kenston, my coach, my college coach, because he's still East Carolina's all-time leading scorer. And that's, He's held that record since, like, 1954, I think. But playing at North Carolina, and I noticed that he has put a little bit of the Carolina break in, and I think he's mixed in some of the Carolina defensive scheme with uh, the run and jump and those type things. Jerry's terrific. I mean, he's terrific. I mean, he, he's got a lot of different things that he does, uh, which I think is comes from his experience in the NBA and not only as a player and the coach, and but uh, his players get have gotten better. When you look at uh, the improvement of Scotty Pippen Jr., you've got to be impressed. But you look around, they, I mean, he's, he's building the, again, the word culture is thrown around pretty freely at times, but I think he's building the culture in the way that he wants it. And uh, so I think he's great for the game, too. I, you know, being on conference calls with him and talking with him, I, I, th- I think he's a great person to be in the college game. And, and um, I think he does a lot more than what we'll see as a coach with this program, which is which is obviously something that we should all envy in the way he goes about doing his business.
1: Rick Barnes talking about Vanderbilt and Coach Jerry Stackhouse. And you heard Rick mention Scotty Pippen, Jr., his father, of course, the Hall of Famer from the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. And Scotty Pippen Jr. can score. He can uh, hit shots. He can distribute the basketball. He's a six-three guard. He'll be somebody to pay attention to. It helps that Tennessee has guards that can defend. So I'd say it starts there. But we'll see it. 7 o'clock tonight, Tennessee at Vanderbilt, as the Vols look to go 2-0 and this week against their in-state rival. And on tomorrow's show, I'll have some reaction to the game. We'll be talking more Tennessee football. We'll see if there are any developments with Tennessee staff, with what's going on behind the scenes, with the investigation, as we are all waiting together. Whatever develops, I will discuss right here on Locked On Vols. Thank you for being here today. Keep spreading the word to other Tennessee fans, leaving a rating and review for the show. Five-star reviews are always appreciated on Apple Podcasts. is a big help as well. Thank you again for being here. I'll see you tomorrow on Locked On Vols.